Hello and welcome. We are Tools in the Shed, powered by Cars Guy. Ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me are James Lyle, better known as J3, because yep. we have so many damn Jameses in the team, um, who's keen to update us on the Paris Motor Show and the latest offensive in the German Big Three's mid-size car wars, as well as Richard Berry, who's driven in some heavy artillery from the exact same battle. Absolutely. And we'll check in with a slightly less great and powerful deer leader in this week's must watch. So stay with us. But first, J3, the Paris Motor Show. Not quite the massive event it has been in past years, but for you, there's an obvious standout release. Fill us in on Paris, yep, so, and then your, your favourite. Uh, so at the Paris Motor Show, we saw a lot of things from it. So there's developments in EV drivetrains to further commitments in autonomous technology. That's nothing really new. But the one thing that really got my attention was the BMW 3 Series. Right. Um, because, of course, manufacturers can promise and say, oh, we're going to be doing this, or this is our vision for the future. But cars like the C-Class Mercedes and BMW 3 Series, that's where it comes down to the ground. That's the technology that you see it. That's yep. the people are that's, buying it. Yeah, that's where people get their hands on it. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really interest me to say these are hypothetical scenarios yep. because when something is on the 3 Series, it's there. It's because you have no imagination. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. let's go with the 3 Series. <laughs> <laughs> and also for me... Um, this is going to be the first 3 Series that, come, that has come out in a post-Jaguar XE and Alfa Romeo oh, yeah. Guglia okay. world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, good. as we've all seen, BMW 3 Series, they're not around for like four years before they get replaced. They're here for a long time. Uh, the last gen, the F... Uh, who cares? The last, last generation. Gen. That yep. was around for, what, eight? nine years, something yep. like that. Was it that long? Yeah, I suppose uh, one thing that's worth noting is that BMW is one of the brands that doesn't hold back for a new model to yeah. introduce tech. That you'll, The 3 Series you'll yeah. see now look at the same car, broadly looks the same in a couple of years. It'll have a lot of extra stuff in it. They just, as soon as they've got something, they'll introduce it into yeah. the car. So it does evolve. Yeah, whereas uh, Mercedes-Benz, they like to facelift their cars like every five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Mazda 2, they do that all the time. Just um, on the Mazda 2? Just, oh, sorry, just, Mazda 2 okay. is in like Mazda as well. Oh, Mazda sorry. 2 is Thank very you. good though. Thank you, J3. Yeah. Yep. Um, so seeing as the new generation, the G23 series, is going to be out for a while, yep. uh, it'd be really good to see what preventative measures BMW have taken to uh, stop it from being um, outclassed in like, say, two, three years or something. So like future-proofing it? Yeah, future-proofing yep. it. Yep. So... Um, uh, I do, like, seen, I do like the screens that they've put on board, though. Yeah. They've got, uh, finally, finally, they've got a, a, a proper virtual instrument cluster. Yes. Um, yeah, so there's a whole, yeah, whole bunch of new tech coming in. Uh, we've reported recently that uh, it's going to come with AI that will read your emotions. So as... Uh, Jesus, what does it do in response, particularly uh, if you're driving the car? Apparently, it'll change the light, it'll change the sound, it'll yeah. change your music. But we don't think you should be driving, James. <laughs> yes. So, please, <laughs> yes. sir, please, please pull, pull over. Please pull over to yeah. the curb. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, but, of course, the main... Well, let's talk about the design. Mm -hmm. um, so, from the images, if anybody's seen them, they look... Uh, they resemble the 5 Series a lot. Mm -hmm. um, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, that's... Uh, what do you guys think? You guys well, have I mean, BMW is, is very skilled, as is any mature automotive brand, in recognising, in design terms, its history, yep. as well as the, 
the cars with which it lives currently. Yeah. So you'll instantly recognise it as a BMW, but you'll also see it as being one of the current range. So yeah. they, they do that beautifully well. That's right. They I mean BMW have got their you know their their signature long bonnet, their cab back, you know, their yep. short their short overhangs, their stubby little boot. Um, and they've had that you know that profile for a, for a long long time. Yeah. So you're right. You, you, anyone can look at this car and will in, instantly know it's a BMW. My issue with it is that it just does not look different enough. Mm. Yeah, that mm. was the thing I wanted to bring up because uh, with Mercedes and Audi in particular, sometimes you'll be like, is that an A4 or an A6 or is that an mm, A6 sure. or an A8? Yeah. And more often than not, you'll just have to walk around the back and be like, all right, fine, it's a A6. So I think the last generation of BMWs did this very well, where it was instantly recognisable as a BMW. Non-car people got that. But we could differentiate between the 3 Series, 5 Series and 7 Series, whereas now it's I, just I'd becoming a the bit question, too Does muddled. that even matter? You know, does is it really matter? Because if someone's in the market for a BMW, yeah. they'll bowl up to a dealership or go online or whatever, and they've got a certain amount of money they'd like to spend, they end up in a 3 Series. Yeah. Someone else has a little more money to spend. They need a slightly bigger car. They end up in a 5 Series. Are mm. they fussed whether their car looks a lot like the smaller one or their small one, you know, looks like the bigger car? Not really. I, I think we probably get a bit close to it and yeah. think, oh, they all look the same. From a consumer point yeah. of view, I think that's probably a really good thing. Yeah. Do you think maybe uh, reviewers of washing machines also have that same issue? It's like, geez, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the Fisher Whoa. & Pike or 370 it looks, looks so, so much, much like, like the, the Westinghouse or whatever it is. Or the Westinghouse. Yeah. Oh, that's same. a fridge. Yeah. See, I'm, getting it, I'm even getting it mixed up as to what it is. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, I yeah. guess I never really thought of it that way. But yeah. um, uh, maybe there's just... Uh, you just want to have it clear in your yeah. head what you're looking at. You yeah. like it to be clearly defined and that is a whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas I, I think I'd argue that from a consumer point of view, that's not not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. That if it look, it might upset you, and oh, it doesn't look a lot different from the last one. Mm. But if you're on a good thing, kind of yeah, stick to it. Absolutely. People are liking it. You know, just evolve it rather than revolutionise it. One of the things though that I really think needs uh, the revolutionary treatment in BMWs mm. is that centre stack. Right. I am so tired oh. of seeing the aircon, the you know the. Yes, there's a new dash top display and everything like that, but that display, that centre stack has stayed the same since probably mm. 1990. Which actually, yeah. I would argue, would translate into a consumer issue. In that yeah. If you're in a five or six-year-old 3 Series yeah. and you think about going in to, yeah. to get the new one, you go, this looks just like my car. <laughs> what? Why in the hell would I bother? There's nothing different. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that counts. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe if the outside looks a lot like the other models, who care? But... If yeah. the inside looks like the car I'm currently driving, no way. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's my, my issue. But with it. It, it, um, it's interesting. Just on the Paris show, we um, we're now aware that there are quite a few fewer brands going to the Paris yes. show. Mm. Um, this time around, no Alpha, no Fiat, no Nissan, no Volkswagen, um, no Bentley, no Aston, no Lambo at at the Paris show this year. So the full suite of car brands is not present, VW being a huge one. Mm -hmm. And you'd also argue that in Europe, Fiat is a big one to not be there. Um, and what Alpha. do you reckon the, the reasoning for that is? Is it they can't... Um, is it come down to money? Yep. The, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's the return on the investment. Yeah. Because now there are so many more ways to communicate with car buyers. Yeah. You've got an online environment that yeah. is just like a mo like a virtual motor show. Well, that's it. It's a twenty four um, hour. Absolutely, motor you, show. you can compare and contrast. You know, take yeah. our site for example. Yeah. You can go there, look at different models, yeah. right down to different spec levels, and all of that stuff. Yeah. 
then when you do finally make the decision to go and visit a showroom or a, or a car dealership, it's like a motor show. It you is. know, the car showrooms now are fantastic. Yeah. So you can experience all the different trims and all that stuff. It's a bit motor showy. So the motor show has been squeezed out of the middle ground. Yeah. Are we um, seeing the death of oh, the motor I think show? Because take Detroit, for example, mm. another massive one. Now, the biggest show in North America and one of the biggest car shows. Now, they've decided to move it from a very unfriendly early January timing, which yep. was always snowstorm time, mm. and, and Detroit in, in winter is not a friendly place. No. So they said for 2020, it'll go to July 24. So summertime, mm. great. But for next year, Merck, Jaguar, Land Rover, Audi, Porsche, Mazda, and nearly all the exotic brands have said, we're not going. Well, and see, what happens there is then you get journalists making a decision of, like, do I Will need I to go? be there? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. those big shows, their role had changed from being a kick the tyres and shut yeah. the doors thing yeah. for consumers to being a megaphone yeah. for brands to amplify their message about their new models. Yeah. That's yeah. why you increasingly had pictures and details of cars being released yeah. before the show. Yeah. They didn't care whether people saw it on yeah. the day or not. Yeah. Um, and then, so what purpose does it serve? Just doing that... Um, is gets the job done. Yeah. So the actual show, from a media point of view, was always great to turn up and see senior people and be able to ask them questions. Yeah. But yeah. that's you know a pretty pretty modest purpose when you're spending millions of dollars on it. And look, especially these days, you know, you can set up an interview over the phone or Skype or email with a company executive. You yeah. know, uh, which yeah. we've done. We know we've interviewed you know, uh, Ruckman from Aston Martin and yeah. and others just because of modern technology. Yeah. So yeah. you don't need to be in front of them anymore. Yeah. To do an interview, so I think I don't, you know, Blind Freddy could see that we're at the point where those big shows are diminishing yep. in terms of stature, and frankly, the number of car brands that decide it's worth it to go yeah. there. Yeah. But you know, speaking of fantastic car brands that never shy away from anything, it's time for a word from our sponsor. In 1914, two Aussie visionaries decided it was time for a new kind of car. After meeting face down on the floor of the Bridge Hotel in Nechuka, mates Ern Alcock and Horry Wheeler began working on their dream, and three years later the Winton Motor Company was born. Our founders knew Australians needed a rugged car for tough local conditions, with no-nonsense performance and breakthrough design. Their first production model, the 15, known to Winton enthusiasts the world over as the Mongo, was an unstoppable 15-cylinder force of nature which set the benchmark for the Wanderers, Wildcats and Turbos that have followed in its illustrious wheel tracks. As Prime Minister Billy Hughes, standing next to the first Mongo, uttered those famous words, She's a Ute, Australians knew they had a winner on their hands. And 101 years later, Winton remains at the frontier of progress and performance, with the groundbreaking 2018 Winton Turbo exported to more than 100 countries. We think Ern and Horry would approve. The Winton Motor Company. Go, Australia. Winton. Winton. Oh. What, that one word that means so much. And, of course, does. good friend of the show, Frosty Chops, he's back from the UN. He's, he was trapped there for several weeks. I mean, first of all, it was the US Open Tennis in, in New York. That's right. Yeah. Then he hooked up with the Donald and yeah. a bit of speech writing duty at They're the UN. They're not laughing at me. They're laughing with, with me. At, one. Yeah, yep, Frosty, yep, yep. he got on top of that one beautifully. That was and Frosty's That was um, Frosty's imprimatur there, yeah. Tell them yeah. he's laughing with me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah Frosty got him, got him over the hump there. And then, no bad. But, of course, he's back at Mount Panorama. Um, yes. Bathurst, making sure that the Winton safety car program is, is flowing properly. 
Well, it all began for him. Well, no, it all began for him at Winton. But Winton. Mount Panorama holds a special it's place. It's pretty in much Frosty's home, and yeah. and Winton is very much at home there. And viewers who are having a look at the the race or are heading up to Mount Panorama on the weekend, you'll see the Winton safety car. So any that's right. Any undue kind of shenanigans on the on the course, you'll see the Winton out there proudly, the flashing lights, all that. Stuff. And it's always it's a case of the safety car's got more grunt. And more exactly. dynamic ability exactly. than the cars out there. They have to that... throttle it right back <laughs> so the supercars can actually keep Apparently, up. Apparently, the, the Winton needs to have fans blowing down on its aero just at low speed to maintain stability. Yeah. That's because it needs yeah. to be moving at plus 400. Does. Something and like that. And as, as always, Frosty's out there yeah. with the troops, you know, yeah. mixing among yeah. um, the... Oh. the, the the fans up at the top of the mountain. He, and he um, sleeps. He, he sleeps, sleeps out. out. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. He, he doesn't bother with all that corporate hospitality no. rubbish. No. Yeah, We've got, so. we got, we got a pic of him somewhere? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so viewers oh, on, yeah, yeah. Uh, on YouTube will see we grabbed mm. a, a candid snap of Frosty uh, yeah. taking 40 winks after yeah. a fairly big night um, out in Bathurst. He knows his way around the nooks and crannies oh, of the town. Yeah, yeah he knows his, yeah, his moves around Forest Elbow, that's all for right, sure. All right, so good on you, Frosty. Mm. And Richard, yes. you have recently, we were talking about the three series and its importance, and another big part of that big three war, Audi, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, yep. is, of course, the latter, Merck. Yes. And you've been behind the wheel of the C-Class. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz C-Class. Now, it's not a new generation car like the BMW 3 Series that debuted in, in Paris, Uh but uh, Mercedes-Benz were quite keen to let us know that 6,500 parts have been changed or modified on this new, you know, in inverted commas, uh, Mercedes-Benz C-Class. And do you know, what does that roughly represent in terms of, like, how many is there in total? There's 13,000 exactly 13, parts. Okay, so half the car. Yes, not 13,000. Actually, that was my question. Right. Everyone else was asking, you know, political questions about diesel and everything, and I just said, how many parts are there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, Fair question. And asking the basic stuff there, yeah. Horst, you know, the head of... Uh, Mercedes-Benz looked at me and, you know, and the power people were left a bit scrambling and they said, oh, it, it's about half. <laughs> so there's 13,000. So there's about 6,500 is about half the sum total of what the parts. What the, the bolts and the washers and the nut, you know, or is just that, <laughs> is that, is just, that just one? I think it's everything. Yeah. Who oh, counts? A yeah. washer counts, doesn't it? Yeah. That's a part. Oh, yeah. If you don't have that in. You've got to order it up as a part. Absolutely. Okay. And you, it, all, it adds to the cost. So, um, yeah, look, 6,500 parts changes half the car, so it's a completely yep. half new car. Yep. Um, but the things that you really need to know about... Uh, the front half? Uh, done... is it, are you going the front and back, or is it the top and bottom? <laughs> They're going to do the other half Later. in a couple of years' yeah, time. Good. So it's all, it's all new to the a pillar, to the B pillar. No, it's not. Um, it doesn't marry up quite. No, it yeah. <laughs> but the, there are the front half does look different. Uh, okay. It's got new LED headlights, which look like a they look like crazy clown um, teeth. Like you, once you once you once you see it, you what, won't be able to unsee that. What are crazy clowns? So you teeth? know, like crazy sort of uh, Batman, creepy um, clown, Joker-styled sort of creepy clown teeth. Yeah. Wow. You'll, you'll see it. You'll see it. Watch the video. So and that you'll was see the exactly design inspiration. I mean. All right. I'm not sure if that was the inspiration, but that's what I see. Okay. Um, so there's a new front bumper treatment, all of that type of stuff. But the real changes are inside the cabin. Um, so they all now come standard with a 10.25-inch uh, massive display, which sits on top of the dashboard. That's standard. Um, in overseas markets, you've got to option that. Um, and also comes with a virtual instrument cluster as well. Okay, um, but it's not that two-screen system like we've seen in no, the A-Class. No, not like the A-Class one. I actually don't think that looks that good. Yeah. Uh, the virtual instrument cluster in the new C-Class is in a, in a, under a hood, and it's shaped so like a cluster. It's not just yeah. a big... Better, better integrated into Better the integrated. Thing. It doesn't just look like it's been stuck on your Pop, board from there. JB yeah. Hi-Fi and put it on. Yeah. Um, with so, blue tech. 
Uh, that's exactly right. Prices are up a little bit by about fifteen hundred dollars, yep. but I reckon it's justified. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting, yeah. Richard. You mentioned that there was a feature there that's standard in Australia but optional elsewhere, yeah. and that's something that's lost in the equation when people make a simple kind totally. of a piece of arithmetic about oh look, cars are half the price in Europe or whatever. Mm-hmm. The specification that we receive, even at a base level, is very high. I got slammed on YouTube uh, when the video went up uh, a few days ago by people saying, oh, we're getting ripped off in Australia because our C-classes are so much more expensive. In America, you can buy one for 41000 Yes, you can. In America, you can buy the C300 for $41,400, but it doesn't come with that 10.25-inch right. screen. It doesn't come with a virtual display. It doesn't come with leather seats. It's got a manual change on the column, <laughs> rubber mats and down windows. Yeah, right. manual cranks on the windows. <laughs> if you want those things, you've got to yeah. pay for them. It's like $2,500 each for the package which contains them. So we are getting a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, they are a little bit expensive, uh, but um, they're not overly expensive. We're not getting ripped off. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, look, speaking of things that we've been driving, let's mm. walk through yep. the Cars Guide garage for the week just passed. I'll kick it off. Um, I've been away impersonating Clark Griswold with a full vehicle. Um, if we could put Grandma on the roof racks, yeah. we would have. There was a lot of stuff. But in a CX-9 Azami, that's, all-wheel drive. That's not the top one. It's not, not the top the, one. Not the top one. It's that's, just, there's a new LE, yeah. which apparently has better leather. Yeah. And, real wood. And and real wood. wood yeah. So this is el- the one below the top one. Someone else we know may right. have been driving. Anyway. <laughs> Um, it's a seven-seater. We weren't using it as a seven-seater. We yeah. absolutely were reliant on its cargo capacity yep. um, and 810 litres of it, and we used every milliliter yeah. of that. Yeah. We absolutely crammed it. It was a scientific exercise to fit what we had in there, tents and sleeping bags and God knows what. But um, it's a 2.5-litre turbo four, mm. six-speed auto. It's only 170 kilowatts, which is, on the face of it, not a lot for a seven-seater, but 420 newton metres. That's where yeah. I think it steps yeah. up. Yeah, and that's huge. It's got plenty of torque mm. um, and lots of equipment and features. The one thing I found, it was, um, it was nicely kitted out, but the ride comfort... Yeah. Um, okay, it was laden. We were driving it fully laden, but even on relatively smooth kind of B roads... I found it wasn't exactly settled. Didn't what, didn't enjoy that. What size uh, wheels were on it? I think they're big. I've got to say big. they're like eighteens yeah. at least. Yeah, or, yeah. or even nineteen. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know offhand. But um, yeah, obviously that's a factor. And the other thing I found was when we we're doing all this loading and unloading, the door height at the back yeah. is just lethal. I see you know, myself on it. It's yeah. not. A, it's not even the metal part of the actual door skin. It's the thickness yeah. of the door. Mm. You know, door panels and whatever else in cars uh, currently are so thick that you're also just. And when you've got the you know solar panel um, <laughs> that powers the sex machine on, on on the top of your shoulders. You wear every mark. Uh, you can't hide from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, it, it served, it did the job beautifully. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. air to the back and there were USB ports to charge things up for the kids. So it was excellent in that regard. Just the ride, I think, um, could have been better. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, chicks dig scars. So they do. <laughs> you know, it's a mark of, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so J3, your uh, most recent experience. Yep, I picked up the uh, updated Mazda MX-5. That's the two-litre one with the 135-kilowatt engine. Yeah, um, so plenty. So I've, uh, I've driven the pre, let's say pre-facelift one with the standard two-litre engine. Um, and one th- every single time, second time jumping into brand new MX-5, but yet that first instantaneous jolt of joy is 
is still it's fresh. Isn't it great. Like the first great. five when you first jump in it and you drop the roof down, which is in the RF version, a huge mechanical steel thing that hides yeah. away behind you. You first you look at where the uh, top of the windscreen is, and you can touch the door to your left. You can touch the windscreen up there, and it's just so comically small. And it's okay. First I'm just of all, picturing Ferris Bueller's Day Off with yeah. you sitting there going, "Do do dum yeah. dum." I was I picked it up with Marston, <laughs> and we're driving through traffic, and I, it was grey, it was raining, but I could not oh, stop that's smiling. That's it was so fantastic. But the thing about the MX-5 is but that... that was the com- that was Marsden's company that was causing oh, you yeah. to smile. The car's yeah. just incidental. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the MX-5 is that even though it's a fantastic car, um, the steering, the engine, the brakes, the weights of the controls, that's all great and jolly and all, but it's the sensation of the world around you. Mm. Because you're driving a car so small, so almost invisible on the road, yeah, it's, right. it's almost microscopic compared to most cars. It's pretty like tiny. It's you're right. Yeah. Yep. It, the sensation you get when you look at people on the street, like when you make a 90-degree turn on an intersection and you see everybody standing on standing on the sidewalk. You're quite low. One you are low. metre away from you. Yeah. It's, a re- it's really weird. You're looking it, at people's kneecaps. Yeah, you yeah. are. <laughs> you are. It's like you could just touch But them. I've got to say, just to be perverse, mm. I do really quite like the simple... Soft top Roadster yep. 1.5. Yeah. There it is. I know everybody hand over fist is buying the two liter, and yep. the RF is tremendously practical, mm. and yet you have that lovely um, open roof feeling. Mm. I do like that little 1.5. Yeah. It's light, and something about the lighter front end. Um, there you go. I think, I, look, I think you're right. I think <laughs> yeah. I think they got it right the first time. You that reckon? lower capacity engine or smaller capacity engine. You don't. That car does not need to be. You know, supercharged, turbocharged, or even yeah. fast. Yeah. It's yeah, about yeah. the feeling. You need yeah. to work for the power that yeah. isn't there. Yeah. And when you add more power to a car, yeah. um, I'm sure you guys know more about this than I do, but when you add yeah, more right. power to a car, <laughs> it distracts you from the other elements of yeah. it. Yeah, sure. It does. So when everything is in perfect balance with each other, in perfect yeah. equilibrium, yeah. you know how well the steering is, how well the brakes are, how well the engine is. If you put an atomic bomb under the hood... You're yeah. not going to notice the fantastic steering. You're not going to notice the brakes. Yeah. You're going to notice flooring it in second gear, then yeah. going, and then looking at your mate and going, yeah, that's but pretty sick. The other thing right. is, as we've said before, uh, J3, when you up the power, that starts a kind of arms race yeah. in the yeah. rest of the car. Yeah. 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 You need bigger brakes. Yeah. You need a stronger gearbox. You yeah. need a better diff. You need blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Up it goes. So the purity and the simplicity of the MX-5, I think, is best expressed through that lower capacity, lower power um, engine. Which probably explains, you know, why Toyota hasn't upped the power too much in their 86. And you end up with a Supra. You end up with a Supra. They've they've got the 86 and they've built a Supra. Exactly. So they've left it alone. And is the car, we're talking about a manual car? Of course. Fantastic. Of course. You've got to go manual. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Now, Richard. Yes. A different flavour of vehicle has been... Your transport recently, same size engine as uh, your engine in the CX9. It's but it's a it's a Subaru Forester, two point yep. five liter uh, uh, four cylinder. Uh, had it for a week. Uh, it looks just like the last one. Um, I could go again. probably point out, you know, the differences. It's got a, a circular uh, fuel filler cap now, not Whoa. a square one. Oh, that's um, a tragedy. <laughs> that is seriously yeah. a tragedy. That's a travesty. Travesty. I've been driving the 2.5i Premium, which is just below the top spec 2.5i S all-wheel drive. They're all all-wheel drive. Does the S get the better leather the and S the real gets, wood? You know what S stands for? <laughs> 
Silver. Silver? Well, I've decided to turn stands for silver because the only difference visually between the 2.5i S and 2.5i Premium is that the S gets silver bits. It gets silver door mirror caps. Right. It gets silver cladding underneath the car and a silver diffuser at the back. That's it. It gets leather mm. seats as well. They're not so they silver. didn't even shoot for gold. They didn't. They were <laughs> happy with silver. It's not the 2.5 G. Uh, no. Look, silver is the first of the losers. Well, one of the things which really gets has gets my attention is the facial recognition oh, that wow. the car has. So you get into the car and what it's, does it say when it sees your mug? Well, it says "Hello, Bumface" to me, <laughs> and that's because I because you can set up the profile, ah, and because yeah. I'm. A 15-year-old living in a 40-year-old's body. Yeah. Um, when it asked me to write a profile, of course, Bumface was came to mind first of all. Nice. Does, does it say it back to yeah, you? Yeah, well, it doesn't say it to you, but when you get in the car, it goes, good morning, Bumface. <laughs> okay. like and it will also say, you know, keep your eyes on the road, Bumface, and things like that. Um, it, so what it does, it... it it recognises you by your face, so it's not just a you know a memory button you press so it remembers your you know your seating position. It will look at your face and it will go to your your, your required seating position. Your aircon will be set at the right. temperature you that's like. That's pretty good. Um, all that type of stuff, but it also keeps an eye on you when you're driving. Um, and the entire time, it's been telling me to keep my eyes on the road. But the thing is, is that my Why, eyes. What have you been doing? No, the eyes. My eyes are on the road. Yeah, but if you. If you just glance down at like, oh, you know, at your wallet on the seat or something like that, it goes beep, 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 eyes on the road. You're kidding. So it's, so really, it's a little overly it's officious. It's a little overly officious. So, yeah. and even like you might see someone on the side of the road and go, yeah, look, a person. <laughs> yeah, look, a person. A good looking person. Get your eyes um, on the road. Eyes on the road. So it's it's very, yeah, militant. Where, where's the camera that... located? Is it in the instrument cluster in front of you? Um, it's so... It's actually the, about forty cameras all through <laughs> the interior. That's, I mean, there there are yeah, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of cameras. You've got your regular eyesight cameras, but most of it are in the center of the screen. Yeah. Right. So um, mm. yeah, so it's it's a bit confronting from that perspective. And I meant and I just want to apologize to Subaru. I meant to delete the bum face out of it. Oh, okay, so someone else has gone so in. Someone else has gone, gone in there. User <laughs> error, wrong person. <laughs> You're not bum face. Yeah. So all right. that was fun. Mm. Well, speaking of faces mm. that we all know, it's time for this week's Musk Watch. Okay, so regular listeners, viewers uh, to the podcast will know that the Securities and Exchange Commission in the US sued Elon Musk last week, claiming that he'd misled investors with his tweet about taking the company private um, and in fact pushed to ban him from running any public company. Um, so initially, Musk refused to negotiate a deal, uh, but finally agreed to step down as Tesla's chairman for three years and pay a US $20 million, so it's about $28 million Australian dollars, uh, fine. Mm. But his Twitter fingers were still itchy. So overnight, he said, just want to... And he, he actually got the, the grammar incorrect, so I think he may have been self-medicating at the time. Mm. Uh, just want to say that the Short Seller Enrichment Commission is doing incredible work and the name change is so on point. So he's called the SEC, the Short Seller Enrichment Commission, because he's just absolutely he obsessed with short sellers. Go. He cannot get it out of his mind. So the man-child strikes again. Wow. Yeah, and I uh, want to say that according to the Bloomberg Model 3 production tracker, yep. 
it sits at 4,181 this week. So up from that's high. Up from just yeah. under 3,000 last week. Yeah. So it's 1,300 odd cars extra. Yeah. But the sixth week in a row under 5,000. Yeah. And remember, Elon's promised 6,000 Model 3s a week by the end of the year that he is going to hit that number. So we've got a way to go. Mm. We've got about three months to go. But we've mm. had six weeks in a row under five. So it really does feel like there was a massive yeah. pull out yeah. all stops push yeah. to get a couple of weeks over five. Yeah. And the natural flow rate of the wedding marquee yeah. is about, yeah. you know, yeah. three to half to four. That's down. pretty. I've got to admit, when you called out that number, I was quite surprised. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. Anyway, we'll yeah. check in again, as we always do, uh, next week. Oh, fun fact. Sorry. I did some maths, and I found out that that $20 million fine is less than 0.01% of Elon Musk's worth. Well, okay. Well, so, it's the company that pays it anyway. It yeah. won't come out of his bank account. So what? It's like 50 bucks. Or maybe yeah. it does come out of his bank account. Sorry. I probably spoke too soon. It, 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 it sued him. So, yeah. yeah, it probably is his own money. Mm. But, yes, it's less than a round of drinks. Mm. Well done. Wow. Okay. With that, I think we've reached the finish line. Thank you, J3, and thank you, Richard. Thank and you. thanks to oh. our producer, Marsden. We all treasure the time we don't spend with him. And thank you for listening. Please give us your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to us and watch us on YouTube. And if you're an iTunes devotee, please rate and review us. I hope you can all join us next week. Until then, as the great Stephen Wright once recounted, I had a friend who was a clown. When he died, all his friends arrived at the funeral in one car. <laughs>